Yasmin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. How's the weather in New York today? It's rainy, rainy and cold. Okay, so the inspiration must come from within. I, I really feel like the chief people officers are taking over the podcast as my guests. It wasn't the case before, but it's mm -hmm. quite awesome. And yes, mean you actually are going to be sharing an impact this podcast has had on you already, which is going oh, to yes. be fantastic. We're going to open up with that. But before we do, just a quick level set for the audience that's tuning in. The focus of the podcast is a single question. What is the future of people initiatives? Some say HR initiatives. And uh, we've got the answer. The answer is adoption of marketing mindset in the world of HR. Now, the word marketing, when I say it, when I share it, gets one of three reactions. And Yasmin is going to share in a second her reaction and what she did after she found out about the podcast. But gets one reaction, violent agreement. Oh, my goodness, Adam, we've been on this path. Where have you been? Bring us together. And we're talking conferences, association, and so on. Second, I am curious. Tell me more. And third is almost like an allergic reaction. I even see them in the video on the, on the, in, the, in the Zoom calls just kind of pull back a bit, like, like they've been hit in the stomach. Marketing with them. Oh, no. So, yes, mean, what was your reaction? And let's talk about what followed before we really start to dive into how you see the future of people in the ships. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me on your podcast. My pleasure. I love your podcast. Absolutely <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, this was a great conversation that we had, and I love that to meet other leaders where we can share like-minded thought leadership. Back to your question. So mm -hmm. what is next for HR? What is next for this industry and how we function? Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I, th I think that HR... What's next is the chief people officer functioning as the internal CMO. Hmm. That's where we're headed. Those words, super powerful. So I've, I've heard this only, I guess, three, maybe four times. Mm -hmm. And uh, say more, I mean, because like I get jittery. Maybe it's the Absolutely. coffee. In me, but it's certainly <laughs> connecting to to chief people officer specifically being the internal CMO. L let's let's dive in and also let's share with the look at me. I'm I'm even losing my train of thought. I get so excited. Uh, let's share with the audience. You and I connected. It was three months ago. Mm -hmm. Go back to that moment, that first conversation we had. I said marketing. What was your reaction then? What followed between that moment, our first pre-interview? and this on-air experience. Absolutely. I mean, initially when you hear marketing, everyone knows that marketing is trying to get the external customer excited, engaged to purchase product or whatever it is that they're trying to sell. But what happens to the internal employee, right? And in HR, we're constantly trying to do all the things, whether it's initiatives, administration, the list goes on and on, but who is marketing to the internal employee in the same to keep them engaged, to ensure that they are on board for the initiatives, they're enrolling in the benefits and all the things. It's interesting when you pull statistics and look at even enrollment rates for companies, they're not as high 
especially for benefit offerings that, for instance, are like parks. Say if you have like a city bike park or a childcare benefit park or tuition reimbursement benefit park, the list goes on and on. But do we have low enrollment in our benefits? Could it be because employees do not know that we have these benefits, that we have the perks that we have? Possibly. And statistics show that this is true. If we had an internal marketer, if the chief people officer functioned and positioned themselves to be the internal marketer for the employees to ensure that, yes, employees are communicated to and know what the offerings are, right? But also to engage them in having an even richer employee experience, how much more impactful could we function and could we be as an HR department, as HR leaders? And this conversation was so impactful for me. I took it to the next step of, okay, how do I reposition how I'm functioning in my organization? What should I be doing if the future of HR is being the internal CMO? What does that look like? What are my behaviors? How am I being represented online? What kind of things am I talking about? What should I be even engaging in in conversation internally? And what initiative should I put in place to draw employees forward? And I think with functioning as a CMO, it also helps with recruitment and trying to get top talent. When the experience of the internal employee, the initiatives that we're doing, and the experience that they're having, the fun that they're having is advertised. Me doing that as a chief people officer, the internal CMO, on LinkedIn, when we're having store openings, when we're having a new partnership or sponsorship or collaboration, it's exciting. People want to be a part of that. That's a company that you want to work for. When I'm advertising the values externally, yes, to talent, but also internally to our employees. Like these are our values, but this is how we're living it. We're about to launch this initiative, A, B, or C. So that's how it functions. Then I went further. Well, okay. So I should be advertising on LinkedIn of the internal things that we're doing to draw top talent on recruitment. Got it. We should have a newsletter where we have that HR champion in our store locations, make sure that the word is getting out about internal job fairs that we're having. You know, also when we have a lot of open positions, for instance, in our store locations, the first thing that we do is not post a job description. The first thing that we do is have an internal job fair. And that's how we keep succession planning active. That is how we ensure that we have employees who feel like they're invested in because they have a career journey here. That's also increasing our communications, clearly, and advocating them from an internal point of view and standpoint. So what would that position be called if we had that in the HR team? Like outside of me functioning as this internal CMO, what if I had somebody on my team that drove internal communications in the same way to the same rigor that marketing would, the marketing team, to an external customer? And then I said, I think that person would be an HR marketer. Or sure, we could say, well, that's just, that's a comms person, not just a comms person. They're responsible for, yes, the communications to employees, but that employee journey and life cycle and what they know, what they're aware of, and what they do with that information that they're being communicated of. That was a lot. Uh, no, that was perfection. 
I'm just maybe everyone just needs a, a minute. I don't know. That was so succinctly put from understanding the the need for the internal marketing or the adoption of marketing internally all the way through to having a resource responsible mm -hmm. and the HR marketer phew, mind blown. Mm -hmm. So my 100% mind blown. So let, let, let's go back to how'd you do this? How'd you get a resource? Resources in the world of HR are exceptionally difficult to get. Why? Is because for the most part of our recent history, HR is more of a compliance. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Compliance organization. Now the tide is turning. That's why you are not an HR leader. You are a chief people officer. With that title comes a subtle but pretty much monumental difference. So to the degree you can, please share how you were successful at getting the resource. Did you present an ROI? Are you, are you having conversations that are focused on KPIs? What can we learn from your success? First of all, I need to have full understanding of how this marketing component functions in my department. I have clear understanding of how I need to function as an HR leader and making sure that I am advertising the external, the internal experience of employees externally. Yep. I also understand that um, we need to ensure that we're communicating to employees effectively and driving succession planning and driving like a more robust and developed employee experience through having opportunities, um, through having, um, you know, internal management and training programs or senior leader in, in training programs, which we have people a part of, right? Different components. So that helps them. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But then I would need to create the value for why this is even important and how does this function in a real way. One of my objectives, my objective as the people leader, as well as my team, we're all working on this together, is to be a best place to work. You're a best place to work when employees feel seen, value, heard, and cared for, mm -hmm. right? And the mm -hmm. core of those four values, those four elements, right? of the goal of the best place to work is communication. So that led me to start doing some research. I need a tool. What tool can support driving communication so mm -hmm. employees feel seen and heard? They know that when they tell their leader, I want to move up, I want a position, they know what's going on in the company. When mm -hmm. we have new benefits, they know what it is that supports their livelihood and their life. They feel heard, they feel seen because it's understood we're in some challenging times. We mm -hmm. have a daycare option, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, if you don't have daycare or if you can't afford that, we support that. Mm -hmm. um, they're aware of these things. And I came across a platform, um, interestingly enough, called Change Engine, mm -hmm. huge. And this is an employee communication software, but also like an automation communication software that supports mm -hmm. in ensuring that employees are communicated to fully for their employee journey. And so mm -hmm. there's literally like an employee plan, for instance, that someone would get on their first day, where of course it's their new hire announcement is they logged in, their new hire announcement is attached, right? Mm -hmm. um, depending on how they identify whatever days are attached to that cultural 
right, or orientation of however they identify, they'll have those announcements or any mm-hmm. initiatives that we have around how they identify, they'll receive that as well. We could customize the information that they receive. This platform is also monumental because oftentimes when you are over communicating with employees, information gets lost. Mm-hmm. They're not, may not be checking the mail. Maybe they didn't update their address or they didn't get the mail, right? Maybe we have a number of employees don't have access to email, don't know how to use a computer, but everyone has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And so you have these really visually appealing messages that they receive on their phone and here are their updates. And this person or the HR team who could be the either, we can say HR marketer, which is a title that we came up with. Another title is um, employee brand specialist because mm-hmm. this person is driving employee branding internally and they would be solely accountable for the communications to employees throughout that employee journey. And, and I want to dive into that employee journey. And I'm so glad you talked about, you know, the importance of considering not to over communicate. I, I actually think organizations are the biggest spammers in the life of many employees. Mm-hmm. When you think about how much we receive or how much employees receive on a daily basis across different departments, it's almost like if Amazon sent you emails without consideration for the different things you're involved in, on Amazon side, every department just went after you as a customer, how many pieces of information you get per day. Um, mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And thank you for sharing the technology that you've, that you've found. Uh, Yasmin, let's talk about the employee experience journey, mm-hmm. really where you just landed. And when we think about the moments that matter, because there's so many of them, so right? One would be, I'd be curious to start with the North Star. Where do we want to end up? Are we headed toward a place where we're literally like every touch point is relevant for the for the individual? So I'd love to talk about the North Star. And then I'd love to prioritize getting there. What are the different employee experiences that you think in kind of almost a sequence of importance to the degree that you can, that we should focus on, or maybe they should be equal? Uh, love your, uh, your feedback on it. Absolutely. I think the the North Star, but the goal is always having employees be engaged. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to understand what they want and what matters and what is important for them so that we can strategically come up with things to properly engage them in the ways that matter to them, right? Employees are tired of taking surveys. What else? What's <laughs> next? You know, another survey. Oh, here we go. My manager comes, yeah, this is her third mention. I didn't fill out the survey, got it. You know, what? how do we engage them? How do we let them know that we care? And how do we find out, like, what do they want? Focus groups. So again, tying in marketing. What does marketing do? I think the biggest thing I took from um, just kind of going back to, come back to your question of where we started earlier in this conversation the conversation that I had with you, go, just starting in point A and then ending in the future of HR is going to be the internal CMO, it was mind-blowing for me. It was such a shift. And you challenged me to think differently because for everything that a marketer would do or a marketing person would do is how I need what I need to be doing, except it's for people. 
it's not driving revenue, right? But when people feel good, they do more, they work harder. Ultimately, that does tie to revenue, right? So going back to it, marketing, when trying to collect data and understand what is impactful for customers, or say, for instance, we're a bakery, we wanna, may want to try a different flavor. We're known for our banana pudding. Maybe we wanted to do a, a new banana pudding. But before launching that nationally, let's really get a, mm -hmm. a, you know, some focus groups going in the regions where we have our stores to see what customers are saying. And the same, let's have internal groups. I like to say fireside chats and talk with our employees that, again, we have a plant, right? We have a commissary. Let's have fireside chats in the commissary. We've done that with our store leadership teams to hear feedback from the stores. We've done that. And mm -hmm. we also do that in corporate, right? All of that information mm -hmm. is data that now we can make data of what do employees care about? What do they want to see? What initiatives can we, that can we create to align with their need? Childcare comes up a lot that we need to get that as a benefit. So let's go into the market and do research on that. I just pitched it, by the way. Good luck. <laughs> that we can have a, a child care mm -hmm. benefit, right? And then as far as like the journey, so got the data, had the focus group, right? Me and the HR team come together to see what strategies we can have that matches that data that we just received, right? Then I have to put together a presentation and deck to create the value with my senior leaders, my C-suite team, my CEO of this is why it's important. Um, we're in, currently in budget conversations. If Even if we can't do it this year, can we do it the year after and here's why, right? Of course, we, we need to have more focus groups to make sure that mm -hmm. these, this thing is still important. Um, and then you launch. And how does the marketing piece tie into this? I'll tell you. Once we get this approved, right? And now this is a new perk, new benefit. We have childcare. What would I do as an internal CMO, CPO? I would promote that on LinkedIn. Our, with employee testimonials. I would have employee testimonials also on the career site. As an internal CMO, our career site needs to be full advertisement of employee experience. Video testimonial, so you can see, feel, hear the passion, the energy. Most of our employees have been here, oh my gosh, about like 30% of our employees have been, actually 40% of our employees wow. have been here over 10 years. Huge, huge. And not like here, left, Amazing. here. They've just been here. You know, so I would promote that. I would market that. And guess what? When you have candidates that are job searching and see these ads, see our, our internal ads of the experience, right? Hear from our employees, would you not want to work here? Wow, they do childcare? I've never had a job that offered that benefit and I'm hourly. I've never had a job that offered that benefit. I want to apply. Wow, they, they're really invested in their employees. So that's how that would look. I'm, I'm quiet and, and taking it in just because you're you're nailing every point and I'm and I'm taking it in and I'm sure my audience is doing the same. Um, so let's turn our and I'm just almost like thinking, wow, as a marketer, 
Yeah. As a marketer, you're, so you're looking at your internal audience and you're also looking at your future internal audience. And you're saying, hey, how do we make sure this benefit is utilized internally, but also we communicate it to our future employees in a way that is that is uh, going to bring them in and, and, and show them the kind of experience they'll have. Yasmin, what about other uh, areas of employee experience when you think about learning and development, when you think about well-being, when you think about perhaps leadership development? Or, or other areas, what, where else do you apply this, this marketing, marketing approach and how, or, and it doesn't have to be today, even if these are ideas for a, for a future state, as we know, the, the focus of the podcast is the future of people initiative. So where do we go? Absolutely. It also tied, it fits so well in learning and development. Uh, I mean, I've been in, oh my goodness, what is the time? I've been in human resources for going on 19 years. And I will tell you what is common um, and unfortunate throughout, at some point, almost all of the companies that I've worked with, you know, you may meet an employee or two or a few who feel like they're lost in the sauce. Where, what's next for me? I don't really know what I want to do, what roles I would be good for um, that I could excel, but I know I want to grow. I don't want to be in the same position, but I don't really have a plan. That's where you leverage your L&D person. The head of L&D, who should be in the HR department, and if they're not, should work with the HR department to make sure that there's learning plans in place from the day the employee starts, right? Granted, they go through onboarding their first 30 days. Maybe they finish out their 30, 60, 90, have the check-ins, get acclimated with their job. But there should be a point, whether it's, six months into their role, they're in some kind of developmental program. Here at Magnolia, we have cohorts. So for instance, um, once GMs identify who their high potential general managers are, they go into a GM, um, in, their potential GMs are, I should say, they go into a GM and training program and that program develops their competencies. Sure, we, a GM is a strong operator, right? Opening and closing the store, scheduling, we get that stuff, right? How to make cakes, how to make banana pudding if you need a fill-in, all that is good. But there should be programming and develop for developing their leadership skills and competencies, right? Having courage for hard conversations, knowing how to be strategic and plan. It's not just building out a schedule. What promotions do we have? What's the need? What's coming down the pike? They should be able to look at this and work through. Fourth quarter is a lot. Our fourth quarter is long as far as how busy we stay. Uh, most retailers, things drop off by January. We're still busy in January, right? We're still sending out orders, um, definitely from our commissary. Um, Valentine's Day is our next big fourth quarter <laughs> and all the prep for that day. You need to have mental agility. Our L&D here at Magnolia has built out, um, in partnership with myself, a leadership and training program to build up those competencies. And then under, under GMs, you have store managers. We have the same program at their level for them as well, right? Leadership needs to be engaged at the executive level. So we're looking at how can we do that in a real way? The same with corporate. We don't want it the corporate team. We don't want our corporate team to just sit through another 
guest speaker, right? That's very formal, very corporate. We decided to roll out an initiative based on the data we received of having a lunch and learn. And it's an inspirational series. That's how we motivate our employees. You know, we have a very entrepreneurial company and the entrepreneurial spirit is a part of our values. Having that and how we operate, how we show up, how we approach work is entrepreneurial, is with an entrepreneurial spirit. So why not have an entrepreneur come and speak with the team of how they went from point A to point B? The first guest that we had is Matt Higgins, who is a part of our ownership group. And he talked about his book, Burn the Boats. No play, no plan, you know, B or C, focusing all in on your plan A. And him doing that, how that worked out for his life and all the things that he's been able to do and being a Harvard um, fellow and teaching over at Harvard and being on Shark Tank and having different businesses. So our team was super inspired by that, you know, to pursue their own dreams, but also, wow, I have a lot of takeaways and just the mindset that he has. I want to approach my work differently. We found that out in the data. So when we had the Lunch and Learn series, right, which is also, it's still learning. That's a part of L&D. Guess what? Promoted that. I posted that on LinkedIn. Can't tell you how many leaders was like, wow, that's interesting. Motivating and engaging employees through inspiration, different. As the internal CMO, we have to think outside the box. We are not in these positions to be run of the mill. We are in these positions to challenge status quo, to think outside the box and differently and engage our employees in a way that commands inspiration, commands them to be engaged. And they want to be here. They're excited about coming. You're like the innovator within the innovators, like ble bleeding, bleeding edge. Um, <laughs> I want to turn our attention to something else here. When we, you said a HR marketer. And when I think about the internal CMO, because it sounds like you're meeting them where they are. You're thinking about them in segments. You're thinking about employee experiences. You're thinking about it internally and externally. You're breaking pretty much every box that exists from an HR perspective. You're just going, you're going to town. You, you have no boundaries, which is amazing. Uh, mm. So an, an HR marketer, I think about a CMO having an entire team. And there are different skill sets that are required. You have these folks are on the data and analytics. Then you've got the creative. There's a video production team. And then there's this brand strategy. There's all these teams that are required in order for the CMO to be able to effectively communicate. And of course, you don't have a budget. I mean, you just broke ground by having a budget for one. So now, what does that one resource, what, what are their skill sets? And then maybe as you think about beyond, where would you grow this into as you prove out this internal function's ability to deliver and engage? What is the skill set necessary for that first hire that, you, that you've uh, determined? This is a great question. I had a lot of conversation with my senior team when I pitched this, along with uh, my internal HR team. And the skill set of the person who would be your employer brand specialist or your HR marketer could be someone who's looking to make a crossover. You know, I think COVID, COVID has some interesting times, right? People want to do different things. They want to pivot into another um, role or department. So someone who was formerly in marketing, right, either handling communications, 
or even doing graphics, right, on the creative producing side, that's a person who may be wanting to make a pivot and or handled internal comms, that somewhere in, in those three buckets, that's a person that you would want to look um, for, for this role. But they don't necessarily have to be for marketing. This also could be like a PR person in the marketing team that handled PR comms, great. Or in someone who was handled internal comms or um, communications in the HR Love department. It. Or the comms department. So those are the backgrounds that you want to look for for the person in the HR marketer. Um, for, they could have a marketing background, PR background, comms background, looking to make a pivot, or just looking to stay in comms, but like further grow that. You know, this person would manage that system that I mentioned, change engine. And as far as like, they would have to have a lot of different gifts and we're trying to like grow and expand how we do communication, right? Yeah, we can send text messages. Mm -hmm. You can also send video to phone, right? Like a really, hey guys, I got a really quick thing to tell you. Brief messages. They would manage that platform and updating it for the announcements and things that need to go out for employees. But one thing, one of the huge reasons why I love Change Engine outside of just um, communicating to employees via their cell phone, they function as like your automated PR mm -hmm, mm -hmm. internally for your company, right? Because I think it'll be hard. It's hard to advocate for one person to really own this and drive this forward, let alone an entire team to do it. But you can leverage your internal if you have a creative team or a member of your marketing team work with your CMO to see who can take some of the creative stuff on that needs to be created. Um, just to be an additional resource to you if you can't grow headcount. Future state, it would be phenomenal if we have, I don't want to say a mini department because that sounds like a little unrealistic, but if HR teams could at least have one or maybe not needing to grow to like two people, having like a junior role and maybe like associate manager level role that really drives this internal employee. Experience. And I know Northwell, if you folks are listening in, we just had an episode a couple of days ago, you have an entire internal agency. And, but you do have 86,000 employees. So for large organizations, there's a whole other way of thinking. And, and yes, I mean, what you're describing, I think, is spot on for organizations, let's say, in the you know, 500 to a couple thousand employee range. Um, I, I want to turn our attention to the word. And, and I, this is an, a transitional episode. We're preparing for season four. And yes, I mean, you and I briefly spoke about this. I'd like your take on the term campaigns. Often when I hear initiatives, I start thinking about if we are going to adopt marketing, then what we should do is translate initiatives into campaigns. And it's almost like, what's the difference? Well, you know, in the world of campaigns, objectives, you know, having clear goals, having data that's much deeper because of marketers, their whole lives, I think, a good portion of it. Is dedicated to running campaigns and learning from those campaigns. I was just on the phone listening to one campaign that failed, and um, I said, "Listen, this is the world of marketers. You, you know, you, you you fail, you learn, you fail, you learn, and it's a whole other way of thinking about running these campaigns." So, yes, mean initiatives to campaigns. Thoughts? I think that's that's the next level. That's like if we're going into twenty twenty four. I feel like that's like you know, 2030, but 
uh, I think that's the next level of how the internal CMO and this marketing component grows into HR, right? Is doing campaigns. And I think it's changing the mindset and, and also the functionality, right? And how we function and getting communication out. When you send a message, it's just that one message. I may see it, I may not, I may not respond. But campaigns are ongoing. Campaigns have a buildup. Campaigns give information over time and you're not getting it all at once, right? So it almost keeps a level of engagement throughout the cycle of that campaign. Right on. So I almost think of like a sale that the first thing that came to mind is like Gap or Old Navy, right? I know that a sale is coming. They may give a few items, 60% off, more to come. You know, you find out over time. So in the same, how much more could we engage employees having a campaign, giving them information over time of what's to come that impacts them, that serves them? When you even think about the employee generations that we have, you have your baby boomers that work here, you have your Generation Z, X, millennials. How do you engage them all? I think it's a challenge for all of us as HR leaders and executives. But campaigns, hmm. How does a campaign influence them, impact them, engage them? It will be different because those generations function differently. But I will say, I think that campaigns hit key touch points for those generations that they would still be engaged. And, and that's what marketers focused externally are solving for. They're, they're, and, and, and I think there's, right. and I've heard a different number, but in order for us to see something for the first time, how many times do we need to see it? To, and see it, to, mm. to, to get it, to sink in right. for us to, because we, we're bombarded. Yeah. And, and the bombardment is increasing at almost exponential rate. Even if we want to, we're just not taking it in. We're moving on the next piece of information, next piece of information. Um, yes, mean so so what I would like to dedicate the remaining few minutes of, of our time to is I think a lot of the audiences are listening and admiring what you've done and want to be where you are. So I wonder we've already touched on in the beginning, which is you know how did you how, how did you accomplish the steps that you've already taken? But I wonder if there's more in terms of advice that you can give to listeners that want to follow you. They want to do what you just did. How do they do it? Did you did you start to? I mean, you listen to podcasts. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, were there other were there <laughs> were there other podcasts? Were there other books? Did you start learning more about the world of marketing? Did you get advice immediately? Was there a journey that you took on with the leadership team? Any pointers, no matter how maybe small they may seem, I think would be helpful for, for the audience to learn from you. Absolutely. There was a book that I read that completely um, altered my world as a leader, let alone an HR leader. And that book, a lot of plugs, a lot of plugs in this, this podcast. It's going to be great. The book is called Brave New World by Aaron okay. Dignan. Unbelievable. The book is about looking at the need 
right? Simplifying. What's actually needed? What do you need to do to really help you achieve your A, whatever that is, right? Sometimes it's not run of the mill. Let me give you an example. Um, the book, I found out about this book because we did a workshop facilitation um, from his company. Um, they came to do a workshop and then we read the book and they challenged why did the company that I worked for at the time, why did we ask for resumes? I'm like, what do you mean? Why did we ask for resumes? If somebody's interviewing, you need the resume because that's how you know what they did. That's how you know what they, you know, what they can bring to the table, what they're doing. I've never had an interview and I don't have a resume, right? Anybody can say anything. Like, you need a resume. And the facilitator from his company, again, who was in the mindset that is discussed in Brave New World, said, but I, at the time, I worked for an immersive experiential company. We were looking for retail level associates that high energy, a lot of personality, super engaging. Those three qualities, does a resume give me that? No. When I meet that person and interview them, that energy that I can feel, how they engage, how they're excited, this whole time of this podcast, I'm communicating. Yes, I'm vocally talking, but I'm my eyes, I'm, I'm intense. I'm lifting my eyebrows. I'm making facial expressions. You can tell that I'm here. All of those things that I'm giving in this podcast is what I'm looking for and what speaks to me. When I was interviewing candidates at this company. So we stopped asking for resumes. We literally brought down the... Um, interview process to be three questions. Like the application was literally like name, <laughs> you know, you're, you have to be 18 to work, you know, to check this box. Um, what positions are you looking to apply for? And it was three questions. You know, what is your, what is your magic? You know, like what's your highlight quality? What do people love about, what's your standout quality? What do people love about you? Like e-signature, that's it. You know, when you say that, it's like, that sounds crazy, but I'll tell you what, we were finally able to find all of the candidates that we needed to find. People didn't feel gatekept because they didn't have an actual job, no one had internship experience. Uh, I'm not going to apply. Uh, they're not going to hire me because that doesn't matter. We needed people with energy. So it was all welcome. So now we have a plethora and pool of candidates and we got the energy that we needed. We identified those candidates quickly and were able to fill all the roles and all of our locations because we challenged ourselves to think outside the box. We identified our need was high energy. We found a innovative solve for it that wasn't traditional, but made sense to what we needed. My advice would be the same to anyone who's listening to this podcast. Don't just do the run of the mill right? Now is benefit time for benefit enrollment. Now is the recruitment season. Now we're focusing on reviews. Don't just be status quo. What does your teams need? How can you best support them and serve them? If we're not doing that as leaders at the executive level, midline, whatever level of leadership you're in, you are not serving your team that has that you are charged over. 
to support to the fullest extent. Read the book. It's going to challenge you to think differently. It completely just turned my world upside down. And I literally threw everything I knew about HR out to see what made sense. And it literally not only provided a new mindset, but simplified this new mindset and how I need to approach work differently. And that is the core of the book, Approaching Work Differently. So much so that the book is actually only three chapters. We don't need 12 chapters to make the point. It was ever clear. Read the book, Brave New World. This has been an amazing episode, Yasmin. I am just on behalf of everyone who's listening in, I'm sure you've blown some minds. So thank you. No, thank you. I so appreciate it. I'm so happy to be on. Over and out, Yasmin.